Hello and welcome back to the Holy Health Podcast. I'm Trainer Mitch. And I'm Amanda and this is episode 27. And today we're going to be talking a lot about 75 Hard and our journeys that we did with that. Uh, We're going to be talking about some emotional traumas, relationships, and how all those those things correlate together. Um, Because we've been on a very interesting journey over the past six months because that's how long it took me to complete 75 hard after failing four times well no failed three times fourth time was the charm so yeah yeah. you can uh go back to i don't know what episode it is let me look episode 12 which we'll link in the show notes which is our first episode about 75 hard and that was in the midst of you doing it and me completing phase two i believe so now we're completely done with what we set out to do, each of us separately. And yeah, if you want a little recap before we dive into this episode, go back to episode 12. Episode 12. Yes. So yeah, so what is 75 Heart? I guess we should probably talk about that. Yeah, we'll give a little recap. So 75 Heart was created by Andy Frisella. We can link all of this information in the show notes too. Um, so over 75 days, you have to complete the tasks of taking a progress picture, drinking a gallon of water, no alcohol, following a diet, no cheat meals, um, reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book, doing two workouts, 45 minute workouts, one outside. Am I missing anything? I don't think that was it. That's it. So you go over. You do all of that every single day for 75 days, no compromising, and 75 consecutive days. And then after you finish that, you can go on to the phases. So there's phase one, two, and three. Phase one, you do everything in 75 hard plus 10 minutes of visualization a day and a five-minute cold shower and three critical tasks. And then you have to wait 30 days until you can do phase two, which I waited like two months. Um, Then you do phase two, which is just 75 hard again. So it's super easy after you do all the phases. (laughs) And then uh, you have to wait 30 days between phase two and phase three. And phase three is completed the last 30 days of the year that you would have done 75 hard. So I started on May 4th. So I finished on May 3rd. Yes. Um, Of the following year. So phase three is everything from 75 hard plus a five-minute cold shower, three critical tasks, talking to a stranger, having a conversation with a stranger, and doing a random act of kindness. Those are the extras, I think. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. So you have to do all of that within 30 days. And then you complete what they call a live hard year, which was what I didn't intentionally plan to do at first, but after I was near the end of 75 hard last summer, I was like, I'm going all the way. And uh, I went all the way. All the way. All the way through all the phases. And you can, like I said, we can link everything in case you're interested down below. So you can check it out and really go over it and see what what is required to do the journey. So what was the hardest part for you? Out of the whole year or phase three? Everything. Um, I would say... It's a good question. I would say either talking to the stranger every day, because I had to go out of my way to do that, because 
there are a lot of days I don't leave the house. So I had to actually leave the house to do that, which was inconvenient. And (laughs) it was. I had to drive 15 minutes to town. Then I have to go find a victim to talk to, try to strike up a conversation because that doesn't come naturally to me. And then I have to drive 15 minutes back. So it takes me a good chunk of time if I'm not already out and about during the day, which like three or four days of the week, at least I'm not. I mean, I would say even more. I don't like go to stores or do anything that I interact with people most days of the week, other than like my core people. But I would say either that or just the whole like doing phase one. I did phase one on a cross country road trip and it was a struggle to do all of that. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the hardest part was drinking the gallon of water. Forget everything else. That was my hardest part. Um, During 75 Hard last summer, I did pretty well with it, but I was sweating a lot and just more, I don't know, just sweating more, so I was drinking more water. Um, But throughout the phases, when I was on the road trip, drinking the water was annoying because I had to time it. Like, I didn't want to be peeing all the time when we're, like, driving across the country or doing whatever we were doing. And uh, in the winter, I really struggled with drinking that gallon of water. And this time, like, phase three, I really struggled with that. So that would be the hardest part. Plus, I don't really think somebody, like, I don't think drinking a gallon of water for somebody my size is, like, a great idea or necessary. What was your hardest part? Um, consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Just like, well, I'd say too, the, the two workouts every day was hard. Um, because some days, I mean, there was times when I literally didn't sleep. Like, I stayed up all night long just so I could complete my tasks and then, like, restart my day. And then, like, okay, I guess I'm doing 75 hard again. Like, it was really random. Um, it only happened, like, twice, though. Um, which they were, like, very special occurrences that um, we got a bunch of new gym equipment. And so whenever somebody is dropping off $45,000 worth of gym equipment to your gym, you can't just, like, let it sit there. And like, come back to it later. You you have to do the thing now. So like, we had to unpack everything. We had to rearrange the whole gym because the machines didn't go where they want. Were like, we had to like move machines out of certain rooms to like replace them with the new ones. And we basically like reorganized the whole gym. And uh, we had a bunch of high school kids in there helping us unpack the stuff. Um, so there was like mountains and mountains of boxes. Like they made like five trips to the dumpster and back. Um, and there was just parts and pieces everywhere. There's bolts and nuts and washers and bars and cables. And it was a wreck. So, um, I think that that showed up at like 4 PM and then we didn't finish putting things together until 5 a.m. That was December 30th. Yeah, it was New Year's. Because you stayed up all night December 30th to the 31st. 
And then you like were doing a workout at 6 a.m. And we were going to Pittsburgh. We had a float take appointment. And you like didn't sleep or anything. Mm-hmm. And then we did New Year's Eve stuff. And fit in all the 75 hard stuff in between. We were like doing a workout on New Year's Eve. Like at 9 o'clock before we went where we went. Do you remember? I don't. You don't? Know? It's probably <laughs> sleeping. too tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we like uh we did the work. We did a outdoor walk and then we did a workout in yeah. Yeah, we did a workout at like nine o'clock and then we left. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. We were like pushing time. We were like late because we were trying to fit it all in. Doing all the things. Yeah, right? and you like weren't you didn't like you slept like forty five minutes in the car. On the way to the float take appointment. <laughs> Good time. It was such a great day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any issues that day. No, it was great. <laughs> but anyway, so consistency. Like yeah, structure, just... because your life is not really structured. Is that what you mean? I think so, yeah. Because, like, just the way that my life is. some Like, you never know what's going to happen kind of thing. So, like, sometimes it was super easy to get everything in, and then other times it was like, oh, crap, like, how am I going to get my second workout in? I'm going to have to do this at 1 a.m. or something like that. Like that. So I had to do that a couple times. Um, and then I failed. So then I had to restart. So, like, I, I missed, or, you know, this is what everybody said, I, I, I missed Thanksgiving dinner, I missed my birthday, I missed Christmas, I missed all the holidays, I missed New Year's. So throughout that whole time, you know, everyone's drinking, having a good time, eating sugar, all those specialty things that only get made once a year, and, you know, I'm opting out on all those things. So I I do all that, and then I end up failing multiple <laughs> times. So then it's like, holy crap, like, I did all that, and then I fail. So it makes you feel like crap. But then it's like, well... I did all that so I can't not finish this. Like, I have to do this thing um, because I can't let that all be for nothing, you know? So, eventually, I finally did complete 75 days in a row. Um, I did 157 days, um, and out of those 157 days, I only, 75 of them were in a row. So, I basically did 75 hard for six months. I never missed a workout. I never missed reading a book. The only thing that I failed at doing was taking a freaking progress picture. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? This is not happening again. I'm getting a mirror. I'm taking it home. And I'm putting it right beside my bed. Every morning, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to take a picture and check it off the box right away. And, yeah, it took three times to finally... And I told you that from the beginning. I said, you got to do it first thing. It's the first thing you do when you wake up. Pro tip. First thing you do when you wake up, when you embark on the 75-hour journey, is you take your progress picture. Yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. (laughs) Because there was days where I was like, whenever I failed, I completed all the tasks, and all I had to do was take a progress picture. You know, when I get home at night, I usually work pretty late and uh, say I don't get home until 11, 
I'm tired, you know. I completed all my tasks in my head, and I read the Bible a little bit before I go to sleep, and I go to sleep, and then I wake up, and Andy pops up, and he's like, hey, you, what'd you forget? I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't take a progress picture again. Um, so, and there was times where, like, I would just, like, forget to check the app, because, like, remember, I was doing this for six months, so, like, it became my day. Like, this is what I do every day. So, like, I didn't have to open the app and be like, oh, yep, I did this, I did this, did this, check, 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 check. I was just, like, consciously doing them. So, like, I didn't have to use the app as, like, a reminder to, like, do the things. Um, which, in the beginning, is what got me in trouble. You know, because I forgot about the picture. Um, but... Later on, getting that picture out of the way, first thing, as soon as you wake up, you open the app, take a picture, boom, done, and then basically the rest of the day was easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, when I do it, I, like, go into the app multiple times a day, every single day, and I will check things off after they happen. So, like, okay, take my picture, got it, and then I always check off no alcohol because I know that I'm not drinking any alcohol that day. And I always check off no cheat meals because I also know that I there's no, that's not a reality that I'm going to have that happen. And uh, I'm like, okay, I got three things. And then I do my first workout. Maybe I take a shower afterwards and then I go in there again and I check those off. And each day, every day, as I'm checking off the tasks, like in real life, I also go into the app and check them off too. I find that like helps me personally. Like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this, and then I'm good. And, like, then you're just constantly, like, able to not fail. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you would have done if you failed? Um, failed any phase or anything? Yeah. Start over? I mean, there was no failing 75 hard for me because I had to prove you wrong. <laughs> like, it was, there was not... It just was not happening. I didn't care what happened. Like, it wasn't happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if I would have failed any of the phases, I would have just started over. How would you have felt, though, when you failed? Annoyed. You mad. Furious. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would. I'd be super mad. But, I don't know. I just, didn't like, happen. made that my... It took up a lot of my brain space. Yeah, there's no bandwidth. Yeah. But it's also very addictive. So, like, what, Like, don't just start it and be like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Because it's going to change your life if you do it and do it right. And you're not going to be thinking the same after those 75 days. And it's going to be hard to go back to your normal life. Like, okay. I, I haven't been... I haven't done that. Like, I, I've ate, what, maybe two cupcakes and... Some ice cream since last May, a year. And, like, there's very rarely, there hasn't been a day in the past six months that I haven't worked out twice a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, there's literally been two months out of this past year, like May to May, that I haven't done two workouts a day. And it's not, it doesn't come from, like, a place of, like, negative. It's 
just from a place of like, I know this structure works and makes me a better person because I tried to not do it for two months and I did, I wasn't thrilled with like where I was at and I can see the differences in who I am and how much I get done in a day when I'm doing the things. Like there's, there's some real like magic there. Yeah, I kind of got burnt out on it. Oh, for sure. Doing it for so long. Um, so like, I'm not really interested in doing it again. Um, so I've kind of like, I mean, I still want to continue to work out daily. Um, reading daily. I've really enjoyed that. I think that's super important for me to sit down and read 10 pages out of a book. Um, super beneficial. Um, and you never read before. No, like I never read a full book in my life really, except for like sixth grade in elementary school when you're reading third grade level reading books, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I'm going to do my own thing. Like I'm not interested in following any type of structured plan for myself. I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And, uh, but with that being said, I'm going to maintain a high standard because like, that's what the program does is that it creates a higher quality standard of living. So like, let's say I would, oh yeah, I'm going to do whatever I want. want. So I'm going to go, I'm going to start drinking every day and I'm going to eat pizza every day or, and I'm going to just start eating, eating garbage and I'm going to quit working out and I'm going to do all the things. Yeah. That's going to set me on a path of like depression basically of like, okay, I was doing all these things and I was feeling amazing and now I'm not doing anything and I feel like crap. So, you know, you put two and two together. So like, there's no way you can go back to not doing the things. So like, it's just then for me personally, I'm going to customize it into my lifestyle and like how each day is going to look for myself. Like, cause I do feel like there was a certain point in time where because I was doing it for so long, six months, there was some times where I felt like it was holding me back in like progressing business and like certain, uh, time frames, Cause like, uh, I was like in the middle of building something and um, kind of like growing and just kind of like giving life to a building. And, uh, you know, there would be times where, like, you know, I, I got to go get my workout in and I still have to read. And so then I was like, all right, where'd my day go? Like my day is gone. I only have an hour here and then I'm going to have to do this, this and this. And then I have an hour here, but. And it's just like, your day is just like cut up into, into like fractions. And then it's like, well, then I'm not starting that for an hour because I'm not going to get anything done. By the time I get everything set up, I'm going to have 10 minutes of work time. So there's no point in doing that. So then you just move on. But, um, that's kind of pretty specific to my personal life experience, where I'm at in life, the things that I'm doing. So yeah, that's kind of like where I coming out from that. Um, but overall, I think 
what 75 hard did for me was created a higher standard of living and allowed me to grow and learn more things about myself and like a spiritual growth so like before I started 75 hard I was on a spiritual journey and then once I started I started reading more books so then I picked like well actually it's kind of weird most of the books that I read through 75 hard were gifted to me like I did not ask anybody to buy me any books um I didn't ask to borrow any from anybody um people would just like show up and be like hey I saw this at a bookstore and I thought of you and here I was like oh great I'm almost done with the book I'm reading now I'll just start this next that happened like three times um and they were most of them were Christian books so I read a lot of Christian books a lot of authors that are very well known in the Christian community um so and I read like a lot of um, just kind of like uh, mindset books. Like I read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which was gifted to me as well. Didn't ask for that, and somebody gave it to me, bought it for me. Um, so yeah, I felt like 75 Hard really opened up my life. And like it was a specific season for me. So like this season of my life allowed me to bloom into something new. And like, it was almost like synchronicity and things were just happening as they should. And it was, it's kind of interesting to look back on certain things that happened, like the book thing, for example, that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, and like time in general of like busyness, um, this was again, the perfect season to do the program and yeah, there's just a lot of spiritual growth involved in it. Uh, because with spiritual growth, you know, you have to like really dive within yourself and, you know, you got to learn and read and talk to people and working out and, and um, increasing your, your discipline is like on the forefront of everything, uh, especially like spiritual disciplines, uh, because I think that's like the major factor in life is that when you lack discipline, you're like basically more susceptible to anything, especially other people's opinions and their thoughts and their beliefs and um, getting persecuted and things like that. So whenever you have high discipline, you also have a lot of happiness in your life too. Discipline is the greatest gift you can give yourself. For sure. And that's what 75 Hard does. It does. That's at the core, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? That was a rant for me, so how about you? Go go ahead and start ranting. What was the question? <laughs> I don't know. I was just talking about 75 hard. Okay. What it did for me. And... Um. Well, for me, it like, so I was like, I started when I was just beginning to heal from mold. I was really struggling with my health at that point. And uh, it helped me to heal. Which doesn't make any sense to most people because you think like, okay, to heal, like, you need to rest and like, take it easy and be gentle with yourself. And yes, I agree. But I also think that there's a really beneficial uh, 
factor of like pushing yourself and creating that discipline and showing yourself that you can do things that everybody tells you that you can't do or shouldn't do. And uh, it was like the catalyst of like my healing essentially. And I think maybe that's why I'm like somewhat attached to it because like I was like, wow, this has given me so much. This has like literally changed my life because like so much of my life changed in those 75 days. Like a lot changed for you too. But like mine were like big things. I mean, I guess some of your stuff was pretty big too, but like I was like breaking up with people and moving out of a house and like healing from mold. And it was like huge, not people, person, huge, <laughs> huge shifts in my life that were happening while I was embarking on these 75 days. And uh, it was a big catalyst for change for you now that you're talking about it. It was huge. Yeah. And I think that was like the major factor of me being like, okay, I'm doing the full year. Like I have to do it. And it's just, I think you start with one intention of like, yeah, I want to see if I, I want to do it, say I can do it, or I want to get in shape or whatever your goal is. Usually it's not what you come out of it with. Usually you come out of it with so much more. You'll be like, oh yeah, like, just want to drop 10 pounds or whatever, like a basic whatever. And then like you come out of it, you're like, I don't even care about the 10 pounds. Like I gained all of these other things that are like way more beneficial and important. And I think a lot of people like have that experience of like going into it with something surface and then coming out and be like, I'm a totally different person. And the fact that it's really customizable, like you can do whatever diet you want. You can do whatever workouts you want. You can read whatever books you want. Really makes it so that you can, not really intentionally, but you just set it up in a way that is tailored for you specifically. So like you're reading books that are interesting to you and you're doing workouts that you like or maybe you're finding ones that you don't like and you're really learning like how you like to move your body if you don't do that already. And uh, like you're eating cleaner so you're mind is clear, your body is clear, you're feeling better. And it's just like, it's so tailored to you. It's not like, okay, here's your workout program and your diet plan. And we're all going to do the same thing for 75 days. Like I, I see where those can be beneficial too. But I think this is so much more beneficial because you can really tailor it to yourself personally. So how is it beneficial to you? 75 hard? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just changed my entire life. Like I said, like I made so, <laughs> it did. I made so many big changes in those 75 days. And uh, like, it's hard to not become attached to something when it assisted you in that growth. And I, like I said, like I'm very much a structured and planning person. And... I love the structure that it provides. So how about, what was your life like before you started 75 Hard? Well, see, that's, it's not, I mean, I was uh, very sick. <laughs> I couldn't catch my breath. I was working with different practitioners, trying to heal from mold. 
I was in a relationship that I knew needed to end, but we were together for over six years and we had this mold situation in the house that was just purchased and uh, like everything was just kind of not quote unquote normal. I was like sleeping on a futon at my parents' house and everything was packed away in boxes and all of like everything was just not great. And uh, then I started 75 hard and like within well, what's what was your daily life like before 75 hard yeah i mean i i worked i did my normal job so i was like at the computer a lot i was trying to figure out how to heal myself i was not feeling well really wasn't working out a lot like those four months were probably the least amount that i've worked out ever um and since i was since i started working out like as a young teenager or 12 or 10 or whenever I started working out. Um, so I wasn't working out it's the most that I wasn't working out. I stopped doing yoga. Um, I was working. I was trying to deal with the mold situation trying to learn about mold, obsessing over that completely because I wasn't feeling well. Like I wasn't eating a ton because I wasn't feeling good and I didn't have like the energy and like the brain space to like put food together um, it was kind of, it wasn't like a normal, like, life for me, but it was normal at the time because that's what was happening. And, uh, yeah, it was just not great. So then when I added in 75 hard, it was like, okay, I have to go outside every day and I have to work out every day. I'm going to start reading again because I wasn't reading much at that point either because I couldn't really focus on things because I was not feeling well the whole day. Um, so it gave me that structure back of a lot of things I used to do that I stopped doing because I was not feeling well and I was in a weird situation. I think that <clears throat> the best part about 75 hard is it shows how powerful the mind is mm -hmm. because we talk, we've talked a lot about that on our podcast about our emotions, our thoughts, how we can create our own reality with our thoughts and emotions and how our thoughts form into physical matter. We alter our realities. Um, having a, a strong resonating field, which comes from the mind and within yourself of exuding love and um, just being more grounded in yourself and your belief systems and having no fear, no shame, no guilt, and you're just truly free from the victim mentality of the world. So like we talk about that a lot and kind of what you're saying is that, you know, you were a victim to mold, you were a victim to being sick and you were fearful because that's kind of what mold does. It's like a spiritual toxicity. Um, it captures your mind, basically. Um, it wants to erode you. We talked about mold in a previous podcast. And um, so 75 hard really speaks to the strength of the mind and the power that we have to switch something on and off. Where it's like, holy crap. I stayed up all night long. I worked for 
24 hours, literally, um, and it's 5 a.m., and I still have to do a 45-minute workout. Where am I going to get this energy? Boom. It's like, flip the switch in the mind, and it's pure power, and you're like, I'm, I mean, I have to do it, so I'm going to do it, and you do it. And you, like, normally, you wouldn't have that energy. Because your spirit was like captivated by whatever lifestyle you were living previously and your beliefs previously. So like the program basically gives you permission to like push yourself to the limits and like complete the task no matter what. For sure. And like at that point, people, nobody was really believing the mold was making me sick. And, like, I was, like, grasping for, like, somebody to be able to help me. And why aren't, why is nobody believing me? And, like, I'm not working out. I'm not doing anything to, like, take care of myself in that way. Like, self-care type of stuff. Because I'm, like, so obsessed and focused on, like, how am I going to get better? I'm so sick. I feel so sick. Nobody believes it. All this victim stuff. Um... And then when I started 75 Hard, it gave me, like, that purpose and that structure of, like, okay, there is no way that I'm not not doing this. And, like, I just, like, pulled that energy of, like, okay, I'm going out and I'm walking, even though, like, I literally can't, I feel so sick, like, I don't even know what to do with myself. But I'm getting out there and I'm walking, even if I'm walking like a turtle, like it's happening. And like I force myself to like do that every single day. And as time went on, I just started to heal. I mean, I was taking supplements and doing things too. So I, it wasn't just 75 hard that like healed, helped me heal from the mold. But like once I started getting into that, I mean... I think it was like two weeks, maybe not even two weeks of doing 75 hard. And like, then I broke up with my ex. And like, that was like a huge deal. Well, you met me. Yeah. And we talked about Andy Frisella Mm -hmm. and the podcast and 75 hard. Yeah. And I said that you couldn't do it. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm starting tomorrow. Yeah. And you did. I did. (laughs) Yeah. And then you broke up with your boyfriend. I did. For me. Well, not just for you. There were a lot of other reasons. <laughs> nope, it was just for me. <laughs> it was uh, part of the motivation that I needed, but it wasn't just for you. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, like, once you start something like that, like, depending on where you're at in life, like, once you start, then it's like, okay, like, maybe I can do more than I was telling myself that I could do. And maybe I can feel pretty good while I'm doing it too. And once you tap into that, like you're going higher than you ever thought you could go. Mm -hmm. They, uh, something I just thought about is like, once we started down this path is whenever we started to discover new information. So we started to, basically get information presented to us and like we found the alpha cast we found um, different people that are 
on another level of what it means to be like truly healthy and what our reality actually is and the power that we have <clears throat> here in this realm um so you might that might happen if you start the program or whatever if not i don't i don't know um but that's kind of like what i'm noticing currently is that we were kind of led down this path of being exposed to this certain information which helped us to maximize our thought process and our beliefs in ourselves and <clears throat> all the all the things so like i think that's really interesting too it is interesting i think of it as like it's like synchronicity you're like, on the right path we guidance. were in the flow like we were aligned for sure with like with ourselves in our relationship with god slash the universe uh we were completely aligned because once when you're aligned things flow to you things come to you you can manifest more easily you are presented with things that you uh need that you might not even know that you need or like you're put onto the path that you are divinely planned to be on that you, you have to be open to it though you have to be really yes. aware yes of like okay somebody sent me this podcast and i don't really have two hours of my time that i want to listen to it but I'm going to listen to it on my outdoor workout for 45 minutes. So you start it and then it's like, holy crap, this is divinely guided to me. This is a divine appointment, right? Mm -hmm. And then it just leads you down the path of like, wow, this is all happening for a reason. Yeah, because we heard of the podcast that we're talking about, the Alpha Cast. We heard about it prior. Mm -hmm. Zach talked about it prior to when he sent you that episode and neither of us were just like, yep, that sounds cool. That's great. And like, until we were starting to do 75 hard and like really getting in the groove with that, like we didn't care. And then one day you got that episode and you're like, whoa. And then I was like, whoa. And now we're still like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking more to the mental power and unlocking our full potential in pursuing personal excellence the mind is a very powerful thing and we underestimate it because of the programming that we are taught in our life like basically as soon as you are welcomed into this world you are being bombarded with different programs and belief systems and things that basically hold you back and put you into a box. And most of the time, it's authoritarian, it's victimization, it's fear-mongering, it's shame, it's guilt. Those things. Those things are all very controlling to our mind. And it puts us into a little prison, into a, a jail cell within ourselves. And we, we're locked in place, and it prevents us from really being powerful within ourselves and being able to seek and find answers for ourselves and um so emotional traumas is something that we talk about a lot as well and that we both experience and kind of like 
I think meeting each other was also a divine appointment. And I don't think it was. I know it was. <laughs> did I say thing? Yeah. Okay. I know it was. It was amazing. For but... sure. I, mean, I know it was too. <laughs> yes, but I know. I it was amazing. Said, yeah. I just needed to solidify like to the people like it wasn't just like a casual thing. It was like, wow. Well, yeah, we, we've talked about that. Anyways, go ahead. Um, Sorry. But uh, we met for a reason and you were way more in tune with your emotions and your spiritual self than I was whenever we met. And you kind of exposed me to those things and dealing with past traumas and stuff like that and tuning more into my emotions. And I think, you know, that kind of plays hand in hand with the power of the mind and like truly pursuing the personal excellence and what it means to have a true loving relationship. Um, so like with that, how do you, how do you think that our relationship status and all of those things that I just mentioned kind of intertwine themselves into 75 hard and all the things. Well, I think on like the base level, well, I know on the base level, how important it is for us to talk. And we did a lot of our initial talking on a workout. Like that was the first, the first time we met was for a 75 hard workout and we talked. Mm -hmm. um, and like we recognize time and time again how important those conversations are even if they're just not a deep sub substance like they're still super important so I think that at a base level is like very important to note because our relationship I don't think it would be what it is if 75 hard wasn't a part of what I was doing when we first met because while we talked, I don't think it would have provided the same opportunities for us to talk if we weren't, like, doing the workouts. Um, as for the emotional stuff, I think it's just, like, like, I've always been pretty intuitive and, like, in touch in that way. And, like, I've been really kind of hyper-focused on all of that uh, probably, I don't know, for a couple years now. And... I recognize the importance of it and I think that just our ability to take that time to do our workouts provides that space for us to kind of go deeper with our conversations and to like unlock those levels because you're kind of in a different circumstance of like thought when you like, for me, I was, like, focused on 75 hard. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is, like, a very important part of every single day for 75 days. And then I also have that background, I guess, of all of the emotional stuff and, like, creating great relationships and whatever. And uh, I think I came into it from a different space than you did. But our merging of differences is, like, what created the solid foundation of all of that, like 75 hard and the emotions and all of the things. Um, I think it just creates like good space. If both people in the relationship are on a, on the same level and like open to it to really dive into all of that stuff. Does yeah, that make sense? 
Yeah, the like emotions. The emotions, I think, for me, um, <clears throat> I think most men don't truly handle their emotions. For sure. I mean, I would say, I guess most people will say. Yes. Don't truly handle their emotions properly. Um, because something that I recently have been reading in a book um, by Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and I never really thought of it until she, until I read her words in the book, was that we create our emotions. And that speaks to the power because we've talked about before, energy in motion, emotion. So emotion, energy in motion. So creating emotions is like creating matter in our head, in our mind, and in our thoughts. So like we have to be able to do that properly to fully process and digest any type of trauma or emotional thing. Because most of the time people just, they say, oh yeah, I handled that, That's, we're good. You know, I don't even think about that anymore, we're good, moved on, no big deal. Um, but in reality, we don't. We don't handle those things, we don't move on. We just suppress them or we disassociate the emotions that we felt in that time and we separate ourselves from what it was. And it's not something that we truly handled. It was just a cut ties with it and it's behind me. But really, it's attached and it's holding you back and it's dragging. And it's creating tension and it's holding you back. So I think, like here's an example of a conversation that we had over breakfast. Is uh, we were talking about my voice and speaking and I I used to love to be in choir as a young person right um, so like I think in elementary school we were allowed to join fourth grade I think um, so like you have music class and stuff or at least we did when I was in school they don't even have that in most schools now um, but uh, so you join, I joined choir. I was always in choir from my fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And uh, I always enjoyed singing. I would sing with my mom as a young kid, like super young, like five, six, seven, eight. And uh, I always enjoyed it. I loved music, singing, dancing, all the stuff. And then I think it was fifth grade or fourth grade. I don't know, elementary school. We were in music class and I was singing. And there was a girl beside me. And she says to me, you sing like a girl. And like, in that moment, it totally like crushed me. Like it crushed all my confidence, everything that I was as a person expressing my vocals and like singing. It's like ever since that moment, which was like fourth grade, <laughs> I am super self-conscious about singing in front of people or even like speaking and like making my voice heard and prominent and being very articulate and not mumbling and things like that. So that's something that happened so long ago. I'm 26 years old at this point. 
So something that happened when I was like 10 or whatever, probably younger than that, um, has affected me for 16 years. So like we talked about that. We kind of hashed it out and you kind of helped me work through some emotions. You let me talk about things. You held a good space for me and like we kind of worked it out. You know, we were talking about deeper meanings of things. Like we, we got deep on it. You know, so that's just like an example of like something that happens to you at a young age. Usually all the trauma and traumatic experiences can go back to your childhood from ages zero to seven or eight years old. And in that time frame is whenever you've experienced all your traumatic issues for the most part. Um, usually the young adolescent's life is whenever... You're bombarded with a lot of toxic things and then you hold on to those things for the rest of your life unless you're listening to a podcast like this and then you can realize that bring awareness to it and then think back and open yourself up to those things and then heal from those traumatic experiences by bringing them to the surface experiencing those emotions again and instead of disassociating the emotions and saying "Ooh, no i don't want to experience this you sit with it you feel it you figure it out, you think about it, why, ask yourself why, why are you feeling those things, and you like hash it out. And um, by doing that, especially with your person, um, really creates a very close bond with your person in a relationship. Um, so yeah, I think that is a key in having a high quality, pursuing personal excellence relationship because those things are all tied together. For sure. I mean, once you start like doing 75 hard, your standards immediately raise. And so not only do your standards raise for yourself, but your standards raise within your relationship or if you're seeking a relationship, like those standards are higher. And uh, I think that like I... I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase it. I think that, like, basically, when that happens, then you tap into that, like, divine flow. And if you and your person can both tap into that in the same time and you can both feel comfortable with each other, create that space, and hold that space for each other, then, like, you can really thrive within your relationship. And I don't think you both have to be, like, doing 75 hard to do that because I did it months before you did but within that time I think everything that happened within talking about things and working through traumas and doing all the things that we were doing that really set you up to be ready to do 75 hard on your own too that's a good point so I think yeah. it's just like being able to uh create that space like somebody has to be the leader in that so like very early on like too early probably I was like I'm all in like let's do the thing I'm gonna tell you every single thing like are you all in and like you weren't which was fine but like then you became and uh I think so like so, somebody has to jump first and I think a lot of relationships like nobody wants to jump first and like, somebody has to be the leader. Somebody has to start 75 hard first. Somebody has to 
bring up something first and start a conversation. Somebody has to do something first and nobody wants to be the one to do it first. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of relationships are, I don't know, surface level. For sure. And it's just kind of like, it's lacking like true love. What is true love? I mean, <laughs> I think true love would be, I mean, it's unconditional. It's enabling free choice. It's like no judgments, letting each other be themselves. And it's like a, I mean, it's a feeling, you know, you feel it. And it's hard to necessarily describe in words because once you feel it, then you know what it is. Um, we kind of talked about that before, too. Um, and I have my opinions about it and what I believe. But, you know, I believe that you don't truly know what that is until you feel the love of God in you. And, um, you know, you can, you can love things without it, but I think truly, truly feeling that true love experience of unconditional love, I don't think you know what that is until you have some type of God groundedness within your heart and within your, within your being. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I would agree. I think the spiritual, uh, connection Either you you start with it within 75 Heart or within a relationship. And, like, you either are able to grow it within that experience of the relationship or 75 Heart or both or whatever. Or you kind of let it fall away and just, like, let it become stagnant. And I think really bringing the emphasis to it and keeping that consistent is, like, where the magic is. Because... You were reading Christian books the whole time. I'm reading other spiritual books very often, a lot of the time. Um, within our relationship, we're always talking spiritually, or we're like, we meditate together every day, and like we're always doing these spiritual things. And that uh, really is part of that foundation of a life of personal excellence and discipline. For sure. Um, relationships, I think, are very challenging. Um, you saying I'm challenging? <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> I would say it's more of like a effort, like a like a flow, you know. And the reason why it gets challenging is because the flow becomes restricted. And there's some type of flow that's not coming in that used to be there. And, you know, maybe not that like, like the relationship itself with the person shouldn't be challenging. You yes. know what I mean? So, cause like, if it is, then you probably shouldn't be with the person. Yes. But like, cause there's no, you don't want to settle with anybody. Exactly. Like, there's don't no do settling. That. No, don't do because that. Because the person that you're looking for is out there. You're just not ready for them yet. For sure. Um, so and you'll Keep know when you'll on. see them. Yeah. Yeah, you'll know. Um, but, like, that's kind of like what I wanted to say. But 
I forget where I was going to go with it, but... Relationships are important. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I, like, It'll started come... <laughs> it, and then I just finished it with that statement. <laughs> It'll um, come back to you. It always comes back to you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, relationship... Oh, don't settle. You were talking about not settling and stuff. Like, relationships are... Oh, they're challenging. <laughs> but that doesn't yes okay so like for me for me and you for example like the relationship has flowed pretty easily mm -hmm. for the most part yes over a whole year's time yes we can probably count three times for the whole year that we've had some type of disagreement mm -hmm. or an argument or whatever like I would say an argument because we have disagreed but we've handled it seamlessly yeah so like we we've had very few times yeah. where we've experienced tension and like some type of thing that is in the way between us yes you know like a disconnect right and that's kind of what I was getting at with the flow so like that's the challenge of it is controlling the flow the challenge shouldn't be oh man, I just can't stand the way you do things and I hate it when you do that and when you do this, it really bothers me and you're just so challenging to deal with and I just can't stand it anymore, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it should be easy to be with the person, but the, the challenging part is controlling the flow and the connection and maintaining the connection because that can easily get... Um, severed or kind of like left behind or like there's something in the way like there's a blockage there and you have to like talk around it you have to get around it and figure out what it is you know but that also takes a lot of awareness as well for sure I think like that comes down to a lot of the time just constantly continuously putting in effort and not becoming like comfortable and like settling within the relationship because like if you're like okay like we've been together for a year and like clearly we're gonna be together and we're like good so I'm just gonna stop trying we're just we're together and now we're just gonna put it on cruise control and go I don't think that really works and I think there's going to be aspects that feel unfulfilling and that you have to constantly be, continuously be putting in intentional effort and want to do that. That's the key. You want to put in the effort to go the extra mile to express your love in various ways for your person and to support them and to like be that person that they initially knew and fell in love with. Because I think a lot of people are like, okay, well, like, here we are. And like, now I can be my true self. Yeah. On Tuesdays, we do this. On Wednesdays, we do this. On Thursdays, we do this. And we're just, that's what we're going to do. And we're just going to be in this loop, which I love. I love a schedule. But. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but. <laughs> we're totally different. <laughs> but I think within that, like, you can sprinkle in, like, okay, Tuesdays, we do this. But, okay, every Tuesday, like, I make dinner. So, like. This Tuesday, I'm going to make cookies, too, because I know I'm going to make your favorite cookie, because I know how much you love this cookie. 
Well, thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, then on Wednesdays, like, you make breakfast or whatever. And so, like, then you're going to do something a little extra for me. Just sprinkling in these things. You don't have to, like, take them on a big fancy trip or anything. But just adding in these little drops of, like, I'm thinking about you and I want you to, like, know that I'm continuously putting in this effort because I truly care and I want to do this. Like, I think you have to keep doing that. For sure. Yeah. That's, like, crucial. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) That's, like, that's the flow. Yeah, and that's where you, yeah, that's where you get the flow is, like, you continuously put in the effort. It's, like, manifesting. It's, like, you can't just be, like, I'm going to manifest a new car and you just sit in your room and think about it all day long. You have to go out and you have to, like... There has to be action. Yeah. And it's the same with the relationship. You have to put the effort in while holding that space within your heart of, like, this is where we're at in the relationship. And it's a great place, but I want to maintain it or even grow it even more. So I'm going to do these little things here and there. Yeah, I'd say that's kind of, like, where I lack is, like, I get comfortable really easily. And I remember even telling you that. I know. When we first met. For sure. I remember. Because, um, I mean, I do. Like, I just get complacent and I get comfortable, you know, because, like, where you were saying, we do the thing on Monday and, you know, we have this routine. It's like, here I am. We do this. This is what we did last week and this is what we did the week before that. And so we it's did like, the past six months. And, yep. Yeah. We're doing the thing and here I am and I am me and you are you and. And it's Thanks not bad. For being there. It's, yeah, I mean it's good. Like, do you ever not enjoy the no, schedule? It's, no, like, I mean, yeah, it's good. But like, there's like for me personally, that's something that I get stuck in, and it's like I need to make a conscious effort to do something small. That's like you said, "Hey, Amanda, I was thinking of you, and this is what I did." For you yeah and let you let's it lets you know that oh wow he's he thinks of me yeah i mean i super simple easy things yeah i do that for you like i what have i done i put the (laughs) nothing i I put the chocolate in your car when you were at work yeah and i brought you something special um the last day of 75 hard so, like, when I do those things, like, how did you feel? Loved. Yeah. And it was, like, not a big deal for me to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say my Christmas present. Yeah. My Christmas present. Still is, working on it. It's still working. Yeah. Um, so that's my excuse. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, is that my excuse? My Christmas present was so good that <laughs> it's lasted this long. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's dependent, too, on the people within the relationship. But I think you know, like, or you can have a conversation of, like, okay, like, how much, like, do you require as a person? Because some people require more in different things than other people. So it's, like, kind of learning that and then, like, truly within yourself wanting to maintain that and, like, express that to that person. There's the love language as well. Yeah. That I think is really important to know. For sure. Um, Do you know mine? Physical touch and quality time. I think wow. Those are the top two. 
Whoa. I'm impressed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those are fun. Um, there's a quiz you can do online. I think there's a book too, but I've never read it. But mm-hmm. you can do a super simple quiz. I would highly recommend that. Yeah. Especially as a guy. Because, like, I think males... was kind of changed in today's world because of the whole transgender, like, feminist movement and, you know, all the things in the world. Um, but it, ha- it has changed over time. But traditionally speaking, men are more materialistic and women are more um, personal. Like, they, they're, more, they're more about people. So, like, typically, you know, an example would be most engineers are males and most nurses are female. Um, so, obviously, because an engineer is more material, like, this is how things work type thing, working with my hands, doing the thing, figuring it out. And then a nurse is somebody that's caring for another person, um, so deals with people. Um, so, like, in today's world... You know, the male is, you know, we're still, or at least I am, I'm still, uh, I still have that materialistic, like, I'm not super, I don't know, like, I don't express love very well. Yeah, you're not. Which I think it could, we can kind of get into generational trauma here, now that I'm bringing it up, um. Which is very interesting to bring up, actually, yeah. Yeah, because um, I think we wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So, like, so generational trauma. So I always like to give examples. So here's an example. My my dad, um, well, I guess we're, we don't have, like, the best relationship. Um, I love him. He loves me. It's assumed. We don't really say it. Um, we get along, we don't get along, you know. It's not a terrible, it's just a basic No, no, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's like, like a normal. It's good, know. it's healthy, I mean, to, I wouldn't say it's healthy, actually. <laughs> um, it's, no, it's not harmful in any way or anything like that. I don't want to give you any ideas, but like. It's just a basic, Let's just say like, it could be a lot better. Yeah. We're not very close, how yeah. about that? Um, because of generational trauma and like how those things are passed down to each generation. So, like, let's say your great-great-grandparents and how they showed love and affection to their children. However that happened, then that's what those people are going to do then. So then your great-grandparents showed love and affection the same way that their parents showed affection to their kids. So then your grandparents showed love and affection the same way that they were shown by their parents. So then your parents that you have right now are showing love and affection the same way that their parents showed to them. And, you know, if that's not ideal, it's not perfect, maybe there were some serious traumatic things that happened, uh, like abuse, sexual trauma, blah, 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 um, that can heavily alter the relationship or it could even be a catalyst for you know um severing that generational trauma and like being the catalyst for change um 
But again, back to relationships, both people in that scenario, like my parents, for example, my mom, my mom, um, ended that generational trauma. She was like the perfect example of what it is to be a mother. Um, she was an angel sent here by God, I think. And, um, my dad, he's kind of standoffish, you know? He keeps his distance. Yeah. Physically. And emotionally. Yeah, and emotionally too, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he kept and maintained that trauma in the way that he was loved and all that from by his parents. So, now it's going to be my job to end that on the male side of things, because back to the male, the way I started this conversation is that as a male, I feel as though I struggle with truly expressing love as a male because I haven't seen that example of what it looks like from a male. Because, like, that's what we do as children. We are, plain and simple, monkey see, monkey do. And that comes down to emotions. It comes down to physical anatomy structure. Like, if your parents, if you're, if you're a male... And you're looking at your father, and your father has a beer belly, and his posture sucks, or whatever. As a child, you start to copy that same posture, that same look. You literally, you morph yourself into looking just like your father, or mother, whatever gender you are. Unless you're like pansexual or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyways... <laughs> You, I have to break that, that generational trauma. And like, I have to learn how to truly show the love that I want to be towards you. Because then I can do that to our children and then they will be able to see what that looks like coming from a male so that they don't have the same issues as I do. For sure. Um, I think that's super important. I think both sides of the relationship need to work on those things and do that. Um, because, like, even if you're not planning on having children, like, that's, like, a big reason to, like, do it. Like, a big motivating factor, I guess. Like, okay, I'm going to break these cycles. Like, these very clear... Like, if you step back and look um, at your parents or your relatives or your person's parents and relatives, like, you can very clearly see, like, what needs broken. Um, so it's, like, becoming aware of all of that then gives you the power to break that so that your future children do not carry that with them because it seems, like, super woo-woo of, like, okay, like, yeah, right things aren't that connected. It's not like, how can my children have the trauma of my grandma? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But like, it's all very energetically, spiritually, genetically intertwined within all of us. Because we talked about genetics in a previous episode and what they actually are. So yes. And uh, so when you have that and you break that, not only are you breaking the future generational cycle, but you also can have a positive impact on 
everyone else who is already living that. So, like, before you. So, like, you breaking that could affect your brothers. It could affect your dad. It can affect, like, anybody who's perpetuating that cycle, mostly unintentionally, um, on that side of the family. So it's, like, a very powerful and impactful thing, but it's also, like, not an easy thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it can be done without, like, really knowing that you did it. But, like, just the fact of, like, you know, say your parents didn't want to be like their parents. So, like, just from that thing alone, they were like, I don't want to be like that. I didn't have a good experience. So I want to be totally different. So from that understanding, they broke it, but they just weren't aware of like the deepness of like what that truly means and like how massive of an impact that that actually puts on the next generations coming through. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's super powerful stuff. And, uh, something to look at, especially if you're planning or wanting to have children in the future and relationships. So like something that I never learned was one listen to your mother um moms are always right and uh the other one was when you're dating and say you meet somebody but their family just absolutely sucks like their parents are separated um their childhood was terrible like they didn't have like that um that uh dynamic like the of a mom and dad, like, in the same home dynamic. They weren't raised like that. They had divorced parents even as, like, young children. Um, you have to look at those things whenever you're dating somebody, especially if you have those things. You know, so, I mean, there's a nuance to this, but, like, still looking at the significant other that you want to pursue, looking at their family, you can gauge a lot about the person, their core values, how they were raised as a child, what kind of traumas are they carrying with them, what kind of baggage, you know, that you're going to have to deal with, um, you know, the skeletons in the closet they are going to come flying out at you, uh, different things like that, and just, like, you'll be able to see, like, okay, one, is this relationship going to last, and two, do I want it to last, and three, is it even worth it, like, because you'll be able to gauge the character of the person based off of what their life was like and their family. So I think that is extremely important. Something that I never really looked at and thought about was like the the girl's family that I was with. It was just like, oh yeah, okay, like I don't care that you're divorced, that your parents were divorced and you never had a solid home. And it's like, oh, okay, I see why we're always fighting all the time. Um, but yeah, I think that's very important to look at. Yeah, I think so. Cause a lot of that stuff comes up, even if you don't intentionally or even realize that like, that's a part of you, I would say. Um, so like for people with that, I would just say like having those conversations very early of like, have you done any workarounds, any of that stuff? Are you willing to do any work around that stuff, stuff like that, because, like, if they're not, and if they don't see it as, like, a thing to address, then I would say that might be, like, something to be cautious of, because cycles are so easily perpetuated and oftentimes not recognized 
unless somebody else until you like when you bring another person into your life so you have like a relationship that you are creating and pursuing that's when all of your stuff is going to come up and like the person is going to see all of your things and you're going to see all of their things and like in those moments the awareness that you both have in those circumstances can make or break things because if I see something within you that comes up and I'm like what is your deal then that's totally different than like hey what's up with this do you think maybe it's attached to xyz like there's different ways to handle it but you both have to be able to recognize those things when they're presented within the other person and not just think what a jerk why are you being such a jerk and then start fighting you don't want to do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. There's always a reason why somebody is doing something. For sure. Yeah. It's not just like, oh yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is you can trace it back to some event that happened, to the way that they were treated, and that's why they're acting in the way that they're acting. Um, right. But yeah, so I think we're kind of all talked out at this point. Um, got any closing remarks on seventy five hard? Emotional traumas, the power of the brain, All thoughts, the anything that you want to share to the people. Um, I'll just start. State of the world, maybe. State um. of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just start like with 75 hard. So I have a lot of people who kind of when I share on Instagram about it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about starting. And I'm always just like, you just have to start. You can't think about it too much. You just need to like. Analysis by... Or, Paralysis yeah, by analysis. There we go. Yeah. You just have to start. So if you're thinking about doing it, just starting, figuring things out as you go, just doing it. Um, and having an open mind of what can and will come of it. Also, in regards to relationships, really working on yourself, which we talked about last week. We talked about that a lot, but like really working on yourself maybe incorporating some of the 75 hard aspect into your relationship, even if your person isn't doing it. Like you don't have to both be doing it at the same time to see benefits within your relationship, usually. Um, Yeah, just keeping an open mind throughout your experience with 75 hard. I don't know. I feel like I need something deep to share, but I don't have anything. Sure you do. I don't know. I don't think so. Spit it out. Spit it out. Come on, you got it. Something profound. Profound. That's what I'm feeling. I feel like... Philosopher. I need something. Philosopher Amanda. Philosophical. Is that a word? Philosophical. Philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? I don't know. I don't know. Philosophical. It's like uh, the San Marzano tomatoes. Check out our YouTube video. (laughs) To see more terrible uh, pronunciations of words. But uh, <laughs> now I really feel like I need something profound. Um, you can wait on it. I'll jump in here. Yeah, save go you. for it. I'll save you. Help. Um, he has something profound. I know he does. It's in here somewhere. He always does. Um, so I would say um, you were talking about 75 hard there. Something I didn't really mention or that we didn't mention was that you know, say you are in a relationship with somebody, you're married or whatever, 
you got kids and everything. Because there are a lot of people that have families, like moms, and they got they got like three kids or whatever. They're doing 75 hard. Like anybody can do the program. So like don't make excuses because if you join the Facebook group, you'll see that walks of life from all aspects complete the program. They do it. But I will also say that some of those people also end up getting a divorce. So like I have seen that in the Facebook group about people saying that, you know, they started the program, blah, blah, blah. Their person wasn't supporting them and they ended up, there was things that happened, obviously, probably more than just starting the program, um, things that we just talked about. And um, they ended up getting a divorce during the program. So like what we were saying about how things happen to you when you start the program. Like this is an extremely spiritual journey of starting this program. Like you don't even know what's coming your way when you start this program. You don't even know. Seriously. <laughs> like I didn't you, know. I didn't either. And it's extremely spiritual. I I want to say it's anointed. It's anointed by God. There is there is a holy spirit attached to this program and the the power that it is giving people is immense and the change that it's that it is uh, creating is absolutely amazing. It um, sounds so crazy. But it's true. I mean I know. whatever. <laughs> do it then. I don't know. It doesn't it like think about it. I don't know. It does. It, it sounds so crazy like how we're talking about it. I know how it sounds when I talk about it all the time. I'm like it changed it literally changed my life. <laughs> like everything about my life changed. And it sounds so crazy, but, like, it's it's really true. I mean, now that I'm, like, right here now in this moment, I think it is an anointed program. I think so, too. Like, it it literally opens the gates to the supernatural realm, and you get to experience it. And there's things that flow into your life that you would never expect. And because of the awareness of the program, you get to see those things. You get to experience those things. You have way more power within your own mind and when you truly start to unlock your personal excellence then you have to pursue something greater than yourself you know so like what is that that's god you know your or your higher self or whatever you want to think about it all those new agey folks out there uh but uh, yeah so keep that in mind whenever if you're thinking about it or like in regards to relationships and 75 hard and stuff it's not necessarily an easy path when it comes to relationships because those things can be um quite fragile and then once you start to um insert this program and those things come shattering down but what a gift oh yeah super it sounds horrible and like you might be afraid to start if your relationship's like not great like, oh, yeah, like, how am I going to make this work? I know he wouldn't agree, whatever your thoughts are. But, like, if that happens, I know it's terrible at the time. It's, like, sucks. But what a gift it is because there's something so much better. Like, that is clearing side. that space and that thing is falling away so something else can come in. Because you can't, like, you need to create space to have good things flow to you. So you're clearing out all of that bad and that negative. And you're creating that space for something awesome. Who knows what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'll say one last thing about the program is that, you know, you don't do the program to see the vanity that you get. A lot of people do. 
but that is not the sole reason of the program. It is a, like what you just said, it is a shedding of the layers of the onion that your soul is experiencing, and it allows that flowing in of new things that you have been closed off from because you're in some type of relationship or you haven't looked at things that you need to look at. Uh, so it's very opening to your mind. Um, so yeah, with that, I will also say to check out our social medias and give us some reviews. Check out the YouTube videos, website, all of the good stuff. Down below. Um, yeah. And get outside. Get outside. Great time of year to get outside. Talk about healing. Super healing. Talk about Amazing. a great, great time to start 75 hard. You're not out there in January freezing off your nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh air, sunlight, get grounded. Those are the best things that we can do for our health. Yep. And they are absolutely free. That's right. So is 75 hard, by the way, if you're wondering. You don't have to pay anything to oh, do yeah. this program. No money involved. No. Just effort. That's right. And we'll link uh, the podcast episodes where they Andy talks about breaking down all of the tasks and everything, too. So you can listen to those as well. What's that Dr. Seuss quote? Let's see if I can mess it up. Here we go. Today, you are you. And... No one is youer than you, or something. Is that it? No, that's. I not feel it. like there's more. But there's more there. I'm not sure what it is. We'll put it in the show notes, then you can read it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it is good. We just read it this morning. Nobody's yeah. youer than you, so we all think differently. That's right, and you need to. I would say do things for yourself, like do. Doing this for yourself allows you to be in alignment with everything and tap into that flow that we're talking about. Like 75 hard, doing 75 hard for yourself and for nothing else other than like your growth and giving yourself that time and space to see what comes of it. It's not a bad thing. It's the best thing you can do. That's right. It opens you up. That's right. So we are actually going to go now. <laughs> This is how this is how I am. This is my life. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna go, and then it's like ten minutes. Okay, no. Nope. Okay, here we and go. Then, yeah, three hours later, I'm actually. All right, I'm gonna hang up now. Well, wait, let me tell you about my day. Okay, can I hang up now? Is this he just it hangs up on me. Okay. Thank all right, you. thanks for listening. Bye. Love you.